Spoiler alert. I have also hit record. Okay. Um, And here we go. Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, everyone. Please mind your step as you uh, step into this time machine as we go back in time to do another backdated episode. This podcast is, of course, as I said, Timeline Scavengers, and it is specifically designed to last forever both in the past and in the future. Um, I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this podcast, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. And what that means is sometimes we have movies come out where we need to go scene by scene and insert them. We have to take a Bill and Ted-style trip back in time to make sure we put the keys behind the plant so that we know to get them when we're trying to break out of jail. And in this case, the keys are this episode, and the it's, plant is the is the podcast. It's RSSV. very interesting to, to look at, right? Because when you really think about it, just like the MCU, we, as we record the things, are sometimes not actually recording them in historical order, scene by scene. Right. But when you see the final product, you, the listener, are getting them in historical order, which is pretty wild to think about how even we are not, like, perfect in this sense of yeah. our own structure, but, like, you get the perfect version of it. Exactly. That's the best way to be, right? Exactly. Um, now, this is... I Correct me if I'm wrong. This is our first movie where we've had to go back in time for, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we've so far we've only had um, Black TV Widow. series. Yeah, Black Widow and, and Shang Chi are the only movies that have come out since we've started, and Black right. Widow didn't go past 1995. And in fact, yep. Shang Chi, well, we, we we'll get to that in about we'll get to that in a bit. 13 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of, obviously you would have heard at the beginning here, but this is a spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, spoiler alert is going to go out until the 12th of november in 2022 right um now just to kind of give you a real quick refresher on like how we do the spoiler alert stuff it's always based around when stuff hits disney plus right um the reason for that is because obviously things are in movie theaters now uh but the issue is that we can't necessarily mark down timestamps while we're watching the movie and everything like that so we wait until it's a publicly available like commodity essentially. Right. And that's when we start the spoiler alert. And that's also when we go back to record um, those episodes. So we've both had notes in our phones and stuff like that since, uh, since the movie came out. Cause we both saw it, I think within the first few days, correct? I saw it. Uh, I, I don't know how movies work, frankly, but I saw it bef- uh, on Thursday night before it came out. I don't oh, know you saw like the midnight premiere, basically at like 10, not the midnight, but it was like a ten, yeah, the, the, 10 the early, 
I don't know how else to say this. It is such a weird thing. They have midnight premieres, but then they have like the early midnight in quotations, but it's like, it's not really midnight, but it's like a, almost like a press release, but it's yeah. a exclusive. It's weird. Yeah. There, we, we do movies in a very weird way here. We in sure America. do. Sure do. Um, yes. But, we, I think uh, we all yeah. saw it within a couple days of its release for sure. I believe I saw it only like two or three days after that, because yeah. at, at the time I was still traveling because of uh, the hurricane displacement. Right. Um, and so I, I was not available to see it the first couple of days. Uh, and then, like, during that weekend, I saw it, like, first thing on, like, a Monday morning, I believe, uh, when I was, like, there's, there's like, two seats that have been taken because right. everyone else is at work. Perfect timing. <laughs> um, and it was perfect timing. It was great. Uh, I saw it in IMAX. Did you see it in IMAX? I, I didn't. I didn't. I It was incredible. I, in I can imagine format. it being incredible on, on that. Um, it um, IMAX is a weird. I have a weird relationship with IMAX. It's it's good. I think I kind of burned out on it in the early days when they hadn't really gotten I, it great. I get that. I get that entirely. <laughs> I feel like I actually kind of did the same thing, especially because some museums would sometimes randomly. Yeah, that's where I show only saw like Grand Canyon stuff and yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay, sure, yeah. I guess. Can I see like Pokemon on this? They're like, no. And I was like, okay, never mind then. Um, <laughs> We're gonna frame you anyway. for murder. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, thank you, John Lee. Um, great, great joke, though. Uh, anyway, so we are talking about, obviously, Shang-Chi. Yep. Incredible movie. Holy mm-hmm. cow. I cannot speak highly enough of it. If you haven't seen the movie, uh, go do so right now, especially because the first scene of the movie is what we're going to be talking about today. And Colin's going to um, be presenting this in, uh, in Mandarin, so I'm really excited to see. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's so culturally just not going to happen. Isn't it um, so cool that the, that all the things we're talking about for the next three episodes about Shang-Chi are all being narrated in, in another language? I think that is yeah. no, fucking I think that's amazing. Radical. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's truly, like, I think that was, again, another one of the big things that made this movie so special yep. was, like, it was, I mean, sure, there's some scenes that happen, like, in America, but, like, it's really one of the first like non like America centric. Yeah. I see what you mean. Like the bus is the only place where there's sort of. Yeah, it's like the only. Yeah. yeah only <laughs> bit. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a wild thing to think Very about. Good. I mean, cause like even things like end game and stuff like that is still based. Like they do a lot of stuff in America. Like yeah. they're saving the world, but you know, anyway. and like outer space is owned by America and stuff. So like, well, I mean, we do have our flag on the moon, so surely <laughs> we own some of it. Right. That's right. Um, and every other like civilization that's in the MCU is like, Haha, that's cute. Um, yeah. What kind of like we made the moon. I'm not really sure what you mean. Th- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So here we go. Let's get into this. So do it. this is starting from the beginning of the movie. From mm-hmm. zero seconds, you yep. know. Now, granted, you're going to sit through the Marvel Studios, you know, bumper and everything like that. You will sit there. Uh, and you will love it, and you will because it's a great little bumper. It's great. <laughs> um, it is like the pretty much the main thing that I sent to Nick Bramall, being like, "Hey, we need this, but not this. Like, can yeah. you give me the Walmart Great Value version, uh, <laughs> but maybe a little bit more bougie?" And he yeah. was like, "I'll give you like the Target version." I was like, oh, "Thank you, wow, I appreciate wow. that." Wow, do we pay um, extra for the yeah. Target version? Oh yeah, well, nice. yeah, we we did, but you know it's worth every penny. Yeah. Um, okay, so the clip ends at two minutes and thirty eight seconds. Yes. Um, and genuinely one of the most stunning openers mm. the MCs ever had. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. 
So we immediately start on the flag of the Ten Rings. Yes. And then in Mandarin, we hear, and I'm going to tell you what the subtitles tell you. The legend of the Ten Rings has been told for thousands of years. Every generation, the story grows. But at its center, there is always one man. Stepping out of the narration, we now see uh, Shu Wenwu uh, signal for his men to hold. The Mandarin narration continues over that and says, Some say he found the rings in a crater or stole them from a tomb. They gave him the strength of a god and the gift of eternal life. He could have used them for good. At this moment, you know, he has progressed forward, right? His men have stayed in position. He's taking off across this field, and a sea of arrows takes to the sky. The voice continues, but all he wanted was power. And at this moment, he activates the rings uh, that lay around his arm or that are uh, encasing his arms. And he lays waste to a large portion of the army in front of him uh, as he, you know, swings these rings uh, through the air wildly. And they create like a barrier around him and his horse to keep the, the arrows at bay. And then he starts fighting these people, uh, both with just straight up hand to hand combat and also these rings that um, have a power that extend beyond his reach. Uh, and after, you know, fighting what seems like maybe a hundred people at one time, he then sends a powerful blast through a huge section of this army and it tears open the door, uh, into the city and his army then, you know, progresses forward and takes the city. Uh, we then immediately cut to him sitting on a throne of some sort, uh, and watching his army training as we hear the final bit of narration of this segment, which uh, which says, He called his army the Ten Rings. Over the centuries, they spread into every corner of the world. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, now that the scene is over, we now come to our first segment uh, of this movie. Yep. And that segment, James, is going to be... James. Yeah. We have this written down as 996. Yeah. Why that year? Okay. Um I'm feeling very excited because we're getting into uh, uh situations now where the wiki, the MC wiki is not filled out for this. Um so this is why did James pick that year? Or why did James and Colin agree upon this year, which is very very fun. Um, I think the MCU wiki, MCU wiki put basically this, the events of this at about a thousand, um, mm-hmm. a, uh, BCE. So, um, you know, it's it, basically what I did was the, the, the first present day, if you will, story happens in 1996. It's basically like a thousand years went by. We'll get to it, but like a thousand years went by, blah, blah, blah. So I put this at 996. Um, then when it came out on Disney Plus, when it came out on Disney Plus on Disney Plus Day, um, I started to look to see if I could find any clues about when this would have taken place, whether I could prove or disprove the 996 theory um, as I published it as in the journals. Um, I didn't. I So I looked up that we see a close up of, of, a, of a guy and he's wearing a, a, a helmet sort of thing it's like a turban but with a point on it um so there's that 
Um, then there's arrows and horses being used for war. Those are the three things I tried to look up. Arrows are so old, Colin. Like, people have been using <laughs> yeah. arrows for a long time, so that was no help. Long time, yep. People, it horses as war horses, uh, it was really interesting because actually the Wikipedia only had information about, like, military war horses. So I was like, okay, these aren't military, though. This isn't the army of anyone. This is a gang. It's like, how long have gangs been using guns? Well, here are the police statistics for... And, you know, assuming like gangs and police are in, are distinguishable. Anyways. um, Got him. Got him. All right. Uh, arrest that man. Um, so then I tried they to look wouldn't. up. They, they, wouldn't. they would. They would just. <laughs> Me? Anyway. Um, okay. Um, so then I tried to look up the hat. I found some stuff. I wanted to know even just like where was this supposed to be taking place? I found basically nothing. It's so difficult. They first of all, none of these uh, actors that aren't Shuen Shuenwu, none of them get any are credited, which was frustrating. I know you can't sure. credit everyone, but they zoom right. in on one dude's face. <laughs> sure, like one dude yeah. gets the whole screen as he breathes an anxious sigh of of anticipation. Dude should have gotten a credit, and I'm just I I don't know how unions work or what's what. But that guy, I feel like, if I can be like, remember that one time when that guy was the only one on the screen and he was sort of really close up? <laughs> <laughs> What's that sure. guy's name? No one knows? I cool. mean, surely. He, I mean, I don't know. It's, oh, okay. I. You yeah. mean the actor. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. was embarrassing. I was like, oh. well, he was only on the screen for a second. I don't think he needs to have a character name. Right. But, no, no. The actor. Um, the actor. If it got helps a, you get into character, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he had a full backstory. Um <laughs> So I, I, the only thing I can, I can guess is that um, they look sort of like a, what I saw depicted as like a Turkish or Ottoman sort of uh, area. We're looking at empires being felled here. So the Ottoman Empire would have been a little bit late, I think, for uh, 996. In, in any case... I abandoned that research because of uh, future episodes that you'll see are have been placed into the timeline for Shang-Chi um, mm. because the, that research was super intense too because somehow uh, director Destin Daniel Cretton found a way to be vague and also specific, which was very interesting. Um, he like, ah, you can see that the time has changed, but to when? Who knows? Screw you, Timeline Scavengers, the director of this movie said. Um he said, I know you're watching this movie. I know you're listening to this interview. I know you're big fans. Well, guess what? Fuck you. He, he opened no. his his jacket and he was wearing a Thailand, Timeline Scavengers t-shirt, which you can buy at uh, scavengersnetwork.com slash store with an X he, through he it. He actually is a big fan. Yeah. Um, but he just, it's a bit that we all yeah, do exactly. together. He uh, actually does enjoy the show, and uh, we're obviously big fans of his. Right. Uh, but right. Uh, yeah, no, like it, it. You know, they do. They say uh, bad press. You know, like there's no bad press. Like, yeah. or what, what's the expression? There's no such All thing as bad publicity. It. Yeah. Right. That's that's it. Yeah. Unfortunately, that actually was bad publicity. We somehow got negative numbers. Yeah. yeah. Like negative downloads. I don't know how right. that works. Yeah. But, people, uh, people actually yeah, wrote to uh, the various streaming services and and said, please take my name off your list. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't understand that we were all in on the joke together. But yeah. you know, listen. Hey, sometimes you have a joke that just doesn't land and i get it, it just skilled actors are just skilled actors that's all i can say um yeah so basically i was like okay well let's take the 996 thousand years ago at face value sort of deal um 
we interpreted the the prologue as sort of meaning this group has been around for thousands and thousands of years, but this guy is sort of the exclamation mark or sort of the maybe main character of their story in a similar way to sort of like a a messiah figure or like you know your huck finn or your james bond where it's like you might tell a story before you see him but everyone's waiting to see you know the main guy um that kind of deal where it's like generations where they were called you know pre-wenwu sort of deal um Mm -hmm. uh that's how we interpreted that and that's why we called it 996 yeah now um I'm afraid that I I don't want to accidentally just say the exact same thing that you just said. Oh, sure. But I wanted to make sure that, like, everything that I said before we actually started recording and then we went, we actually probably should have saved this for the recording. Yeah. So when we were talking about it, because when we first sat down to discuss the time period here, you were like, they say thousands of years and then it's basically a thousand Right. And I was like, yeah, that is a little weird, right? Um, to to consider, right? Like, like, why would you put the S on there? You know, and like, sure, I get the idea of like when you're talking about like a time period of how long you've been at a company or whatever. Technically, you can be like, I'm in my second year, quote unquote, right? But you've really only been there a year, right? If you've been there a year and ten days, sure, you're not there for two years, right? But I get that the idea is that you know. You are past your first year market, right? So I get that technically once you pass a thousand years, if it's now 2023, that's, you know, right. close to 30 years after a thousand years. Right. You're not going to say a thousand, 30 years. That's a weird number to say. So you just start rounding up, I guess, to the next thousand. Who knows? What occurs to me is that this isn't their, like, literally this isn't their first rodeo because they're right. a gathered army. They have an established flag. They've printed the flag, you know, like everyone yeah, has, like, so true. Yeah. has the t-shirts and all this stuff. So like, um, it's not like the, it's not like earlier that morning he rode up to a, a whole hell of a lot of people on horses and we're like, Hey, come here's, with me. here's what I can do. Would you like right. to go take over a fort? And they're like, "Ooh, yeah." So there may, it may be that that he's been around for generations that we don't see, and then he right. just started like he had amassed enough people power and skills and, and power, people, yeah, resources, so that now in nine ninety six or so he was like, "All right, let's go buy, let's go, let's go, you know, intimidate some people out of their houses and stuff." And by intimidate, it's, I mean kill. Right. There's also, you know, there's there's a couple of different ways, I think, also to look at this, right? Right. Um, there's also the idea of every generation, the story grows, right? So because he's technically immortal, he may have had some, essentially, like, some some other gangs or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> um, rise and fall. And he's like, okay, right. hey, I made it out alive. None of my men did. You know, hey, back to the drawing board, right? That's egg right. on my face. I can't believe I left the front door unlocked at night. Got what's, a little too cocky on that one, right? What's weird is that um, he was uh, actually, uh, you can look for Shu Wenwu in the music video for Ariana Grande's Seven Rings, which was a prequel, actually, to this movie. And so... When, when he had bet three away <laughs> and on, on a bad bet. Yeah. And was to, like, oh, To God. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Yeah. He, she got to wear seven of the rings for a little bit. And, and he was uh, like, I am wildly outnumbered. Um, okay. Um, so the other thing to, to consider here is... Um, the, the 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 very specific wording, right? Yeah. Of at the center, hang on, where, where's the actual line? Hang on. But at its center, there's always one man. 
Now, the other way to consider this is something that we discussed, which is that that doesn't necessarily mean that that one man is always the same man. Mm. The idea here is that there's only one person that can use the rings like at a time, essentially. Okay. Um, or like all 10 rings, like as a user full on. Right. Um, try to sense. make sure I don't back myself into some kind of weird corner here. But um, the idea, though, is that like someone else could have had the rings before him. And at that time, at the center of that story, there was one man. Because also think of like the time structure, like it was going to be, unfortunately, men leading and men right. doing these things. Right. Um, and so, you know, the idea of that, he you know could have left them in a crater. He could have left them in a tomb. He could have given up that life and said, I've lived long enough. I would, I'm ready to die. I'm placing these down and I'm leaving. Right. The thing is, is that especially at that point, one of the crazy things about that is that you know, you just hear stories of some man that has this power for, you know, generations. People who initially heard these stories or witnessed these stories are probably long dead. So right. another guy comes around wearing them. You don't know it's not the same dude. Right. Um, or even if you do know it's not the same guy, it's still at this point, still just one man. Um, I so hate to bring up really James interesting... Bond again, but oh, it's yeah, like James ahead. Bond. It's like, it's one yeah, guy. No, that's a great point. He looks, it's our Doctor Who even like. Mm -hmm. It's the same guy, different face, different attitude, different person completely, but still the same. It's still the person. guy that has yeah. the 10 rings, you know? I like the idea that like, it's even if it's not the same guy, no, no one has ever done good with them. Like, yes, no matter I feel like which that's guy you're the talking big about. Thing, yeah. right? I think that's the big thing is that whether it is just him and there's plenty of stories that we're not even, because that's the other thing, right? Like the other, the other idea is that there's probably so many stories exactly like the one that we opened up on that it's kind of like a matter of this wasn't the first story and it certainly wasn't the last. I'm just telling you one of the ones that was potentially the shortest lived yeah. and like it just helps us get through the preamble of what's right. happening here right. to kind of get you used to it. I don't right. need to tell you what happened for 10,000 years before that, because it was pretty much just this right. all the time, you know? <laughs> right. Um, right. It's like, literally I had a dartboard of stories and I just threw a dart and went this one in nine ninety six. There yeah. we go. That's the one I'm exactly. telling you today. Right. Right. I feel like there's so many interesting things about the wording of this story that yes. makes it possible to make a legend and a story grow and be just like you said, extremely vivid and detailed and yet so vague yeah um, exactly it's just like a folk tale or, or a, an oral tradition where it's right. like i know so many details about this and yet <laughs> i mean we've discussed this before as well in a way also the same like uh thing is done for comic books all the time true um now sometimes it's almost done on purpose because they mm -hmm. want to leave it's so funny to me that sometimes people complain about plot holes mm -hmm. in stories but the amount of times where I'm like, I, I sure, there are going to be some where they just don't, quote unquote, care because they say, listen, if we can't answer away, someone else might eventually be able to. And even if we don't, we can always say that we intended to come back to it and we just never did. Right. right? Um, but the same thing is done in the exact opposite way, which is they sometimes, I think, purposefully leave themselves plot holes to say, we might want to undo this, or we might want to have some sort of major twist. We might want to do blank. We might want to do, you know, X, Y, Z. Like they might have all these plans and they say, we need some sort of in. So we're going to leave a couple plot devices just sort of open. So if at any point we need an explanation, there's something already open for us to kind of pluck that from, um, and I think that's a lot of what this story is kind of doing as well, right? Which is the idea of like, 
who knows, there could potentially be a moment where they need to find out more about the rings. And so they go searching for history and they find either more stories of Wenwu or they might find stories of a previous user. Who truly knows? You know, right. and I think it's specifically laid open for that reason. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There was a um, a couple of famous cards in Magic the Gathering that were released that had these like uh, types or they had these like words on them that meant nothing and related to nothing else in the in the in any of the other sets that had been released. Mm -hmm. And they went for years and years being like, why did they put this? Like, what did they put this for? And then, like, two years ago or something, they delivered on that. Like, they finally started releasing stuff that made those, like, you know, 15, 20-year-old mm. cards suddenly mean something. And that's sort of what I thought of when you're, like, you leave yourself a little bit of, like, a, a rabbit hole to, to fill later um, when you have someone else writing or someone... You know, or, or, or you know, you, you've told this story and now you're going to go back and take this other route to, to tell this other story or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, it, you know, not fully related, but it does also slightly remind me of uh, there's a video game called uh, The Stanley Parable. Okay. Um, and there's an achievement in that game um, that is specifically do not play this game for five years. Wait, is it three years or five years? It's one of the two. It is a, considerable lengthy time and it's very possible that you can just probably log out change the clock like the time on your clock like on your computer so and then cool. log back in but it's like such a fascinating idea to say like hey we've given you a task where you can go in and play this game as much as you want but then remember the day that you logged out and then log back in exactly three years or five years or whatever to that day again and you'll get an achievement right and you don't even have to literally really even play the game. It's like, you just have to load it. Like once it's loaded, it's like, Hey, you did it. You waited the exact amount of time we told you to. Good job. That's so uh, cool. And so it's like rewarding you for your patience. Um, and um, once again, that game is also all about kind of telling you what to do as well. So there's also a very interesting thing. That's like, yeah. it told you to do something so long ago and you still did it. Yeah. Um, but I think that's applicable to like this other game that you were mentioning for magic yeah. Yeah. Uh, or to these stories, like the idea that like you can leave an idea open to say, hey, you're always going to have that thread at the back of your head. And who knows? We might not ever pull it. But when we do, it's going to be mind blowing. It's going to be the, huge. It's the Clone Wars. Yeah. In, yes. In, oh, in New yes, Oak. James. That's a great that's a great uh, point yes yeah. that's exactly what that was yeah um even also, though like you know he kind of had an idea yeah. in a way but like didn't really have it planned out he just like knew that that might be something like it might be an interesting topic right whatever the idea was to kind of like this story right also to be very specific but so fucking vague yeah. it did not answer a single question it just opened 20 more yep. and then suddenly you're in prequels and you're like okay haha okay whatever and suddenly next thing you know there's fucking clones and you're like, this is the thing he was talking about. <laughs> you're, like, you're like losing your goddamn mind. Like you're, you're 10 years old going like Jar Jar Binks is a, is an interesting character, but also this is more you know fascinating. Now this is pod racing. Right. Um, right. Anyway. So I've just dropped like 12 different references um, in a very short period of time. Um, but yeah. that was a very long, but I think worthy discussion for yeah. why that year james i thank you so much uh yeah. for this delightful little conversation i really Absolutely. enjoyed that um and now 
I'm going to put you on the spot for another segment, James. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, then let's do a very quick round of... Avengers Ensemble. Thank you, Colin. This this will be very quick, even though we're going to cover um, kind of you know, like five names here. This is the sixth installment of Phase 4, which I think counts the TV shows. I think that mm-hmm. there can't the six because six started with Black Widow, right? Or like one there's so a WandaVision. WandaVision technically first. Falcon. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Loki. Mm-hmm, that's three. What Black if Widow. Is four. What if this? What yeah. if? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. So it was directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Um, as a director, uh, I saw no other comic or nerd related stuff. Um, he's done, you know some stuff he's he's you know well established um not a super long list but you know a good sizable list um it was also he also gets a writing credit um and as a writer also no real comic or nerd related stuff there either um it's also has a writing credit for a guy named andrew lanham um and similarly he has no other comic or nerd related nerd related stuff besides this then we get to our friend dave callaham this is our guy that I imagine they're like, hey, we're making a Marvel movie. Ironically, can you send our friend DC over to uh, help us figure out how to make this Marvel movie? And Dave Callahan comes over and he's like, hi. Um, I'm Dave Callahan. Right. Um, I'm Dave Callahan. Uh, they're like, we know we request you. So he is responsible for writing um, the, the upcoming live action reboot of Hercules, which is going to be of the Disney movie. And presumably not the Marvel character, although I think it would be amazing if they did in one. <laughs> My mind is suddenly reeling with the possibilities <laughs> of just the idea of this Hercules singing, I can go the distance, doing all these crazy things. And at the end, he sits down and realizes that thousands of years have passed. Phil is gone. Megara is gone. And he's like, all right, you know. I don't know. Can a demigod really just retire and give up? And then suddenly Nick Fury's like, hey, I've got an idea for you. He's like, fuck yeah, let's go. I mean, he wouldn't say fuck, but he'd be like, yes, I'm ready to go. And then Thor's there like, who is this man? He's at a bar and he's like, oh, what am I I even doing? Oh, it's been thousands of years. And next to him at the bar is Thor. (laughs) Yeah, okay. It's great because usually Hercules and Thor fucking like hate each other a lot of time because of this, but they also very frequently then get along because of that it's like right. a very interesting it's kind of like the hulk and thor as well right like yeah. they hate each other but or they hulk love each thing, other like, or, yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. like yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot to be said about people who are just like i'm ready to beat the snot out of anything but also i do respect you but yeah. also i am the strongest <laughs> we must all agree on this correct i hate and you like, thor I hate, I hate you too hercules but i need to bust into the bottom of valhalla so he's like, what are oh, you of doing course, then let's go <laughs> let's are you do it me? buddy <laughs> it's like Listen, if we get to do a cool adventure, then of course I'm in. But also, once this is over, we're going to have a fist fight to see who's the true champion. Um, All right. I will say I love every time that the Thing and and Hulk get into a fight because it's like y'all are heroes. Y'all realize that you're just wrecking the city, right? And like no one really ever seems to go, "Hey, no, stop don't it. do that." And like just bop him on the nose with a newspaper, like stop it. And they're like, Oh, Hulk, what to smash? And he's like, 
hey, Bob, it's, it's clobbering time. Sometimes it's not about the clobbering. It's about the New York Mets, baby. I love the New York Mets. All right, yeah, let's go. Let's go. That's a relevant TikTok meme. Um, anyway, uh, right. okay, back to the so, real show. Dave Callahan is uh, working on writing that Hercules reboot. Uh, he wrote all four Expendables movies. That's right. That's where we were. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, he has a writing credit for Into the Spider-Verse 2. Um <laughs> Mortal Kombat, which I think is also not released. I think he's writing the one that's not out yet. Oh, the, maybe? the new thing? Yeah. The yeah. new one? Uh, he's writing credit on Wonder Woman 1984, Zombieland Double Tap, and the 2014 Godzilla. So. Which one's the 2014 Godzilla? That is the one with. So many Godzillas. The. Um, it was stylized as like Godzilla, but like then there's the Chinese character over it. It was. Um. I remember who was in it. I want to say Jack Black, but that's King Kong. So, um, oh, this was the one with Brian Cranston, Aaron Brian Taylor Cranston. Johnson, yes, exactly, Elizabeth Olsen, Breaking Bad, uh, uh, Godzilla, mm-hmm. Breaking Godzilla, Breaking Godzilla, Vision, Ooh. Wanda, Breaking Godzilla, Vision. Um, yeah. So okay, so he wrote that too. Um, and then uh, we have one actor that uh, gets credited in this scene. And his name is Tony Chuai Lung. He plays Shuen Wu. And let me tell you. Remember, uh, if you're listening to this for the first time, I think last episode, we were talking about the guy that plays uh, Odin. And we were like Anthony Hopkins and played Mm -hmm. uh, Hannibal Lecter. Heard of him. Yeah. Tony Lung is one of the most famous Chinese actors um, in existence. This dude rules. He has, I, I didn't write down. Well, first of all, I didn't know what was going to be comic nerd related because it's all, you know, Chinese action movies and, and I think Hong Kong action movies and stuff. Um, he has 99 credits going back to 1978. Um, this is his first Hollywood movie because as I saw on the um, Disney assembled television program about Shang-Chi that I was uh, scrubbing to see if they would mention where the first scene takes place. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He was basically holding out for a role that appealed to him or felt like a good fit. And this was it. Um, Like it was good representation. It wasn't sort of stereotype city, um, all sorts of stuff. Uh, It says he is, he was a fan of Marvel before being cast as Wenwu. His two favorite characters that it lists uh, in the trivia section of IMDb. Deadpool and Iron Man. That's cool, uh, though. Yeah. I like that. And then finally, this tickled me to basically no end. In Hong Kong, he is called Short Tony to distinguish him from fellow actor <laughs> Tony Kafe Lung, who is known as Big Tony. So uh, this was uh, an Avengers, Ensemb- uh, Avengers Ensemble featuring directors, writers, and actor Short Tony Chiu Lung. Chiu why lung um i think it's cool that speaking of trivia uh i really appreciate that you know he's been you know holding out for hollywood stuff um but i also love the fact that he's like i would like to work with martin scorsese i feel like that's a really cool team up that i would love to see and his Um, favorite actors in hollywood what says right there it's like nicole kidman and two guys uh, I will say, like, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that, like, you know, if you've ever watched any sort of form, foreman, sorry, mm-hmm. foreign foreman. films, yikes, my, just my tongue got a little tied, sorry. Um, there's, like, at least two or three of these that I think I've actually seen before. Interesting. Um, 
but uh, one of which uh, is the one called the Grand Master, uh, which is honestly like I I thought that one was dope. Um, oh, okay, interesting. It's the story of martial arts master um, Yip Man, but yeah, it's the man who trained Bruce Lee. Okay. Um. So yeah. So you know where he I saw it. Plays that. What's I'm so that? sorry. I saw it when I was looking up, um, kung fu, to see when he would have like when like kung fu was made because uh, he would have like there was Been a whole thread. For it, the research that I did took me into. Um, well, he would, you know, it's master of Kung Fu is the comic this came from. Right, right, but, right. Um, so I was looking up this, the, the, whatever, and there was a list of like famous Kung Fu people. And, right. Uh, and that, that um, Yip Man was, uh, was on there. Um, um, it was like, it's like IP and then it was like in parentheses right. also YIP um, right. was also accepted. Yeah. So yeah, um, he... Also, uh, on the on that assembled uh, thing, it was really cool because Aquafina was like, um, every day I went to set, my mom texted me and said, did you work with Tony today? Because, you know, giant, giant, uh, yeah. oh, famous yeah, yeah. dude. So, like, she's like, so, yeah, I sent, I took selfies and, you know, all sorts of stuff all the time with this guy because it was sort of like having, I don't even know, like, what is the equivalent? I mean, that's, that's a tough question, but I mean, like, cause I feel like, you know, again, very different, like film markets. Yeah. So like, I don't know if you want to go with like, you know, just like kind of like a, a like an action star, but I feel like, like you know, Bruce Willis, you, I feel like Bruce Willis is, uh, this is going to sound so insulting to Bruce Willis. I know, but I don't think Bruce Willis is on his level. It's big enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, um, um... I mean, like, I don't know, maybe like Stallone, like Stallone, Stallone's yeah, like huge, yeah. like huge action star. Um, or like a Schwarzenegger, maybe like something. Maybe. I just put, think put them I don't together think, kind of almost. I don't, yeah. It's like, I don't think Arnold's really done. An, I, like Arnold's clearly done a lot of movies, but I don't think his career extended enough time in movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> they had to get the guy who wrote all four Expendables movie just to write for Tony Lung because he is like yeah. all the expendables put all together, like smashed together. I mean, pretty into much. One. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, I mean, that is the truth. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, basically I feel like Jason Statham is kind mm. of like on his path to becoming a Tony. Sure. 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 You sure. I mean, yeah. um, but like Tony's already there. Um, yeah. I mean, another thing to consider too, right. Is like for like American movies, like Jackie Chan did mm-hmm. like so many American movies. Um, obviously did movies outside of America as well, but I feel like, you know, that is a, I feel like they are on a very even footing, um, within filming, I would yeah. probably say. Yeah. Uh, that might, I don't, I don't know how many movies they both have uh, as credits, you know, for both of them. But I mean, I, I could imagine that could be a potentially, um, similar thing and both, you know, two people that like people would potentially be, uh, introduced to. Yeah. I don't know how to say that, but I'm going to um, look up real quick Jackie Chan and, and Tony Lung to see if they've been stuff together. I believe they have. And, oh no, now here's a, here's a quick uh, recall quiz, Colin. Yeah. Are we are we doing Tony Ka Fai Lung or Tony Chu Wai Lung? Uh Chu Wai. Exactly. We're going to do short Tony, not big Tony. Right. Um Game of Death in 1978 and Gorgeous in 1999. They have two titles together. Wow. That's wild to me. Like, yeah. I, like this, like in in terms of, again, so, two such huge stars. Yeah, it's fascinating when like 
two like big name people haven't done much together. It's like a Robert or, De Niro and Al Pacino finally getting together in Heat. Like yeah, that was one of yeah, the things. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Chan has 141 credits to his name in IMDb. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was gonna say, you know, not necessarily action star, but maybe De Niro might be a mm-hmm. might be like a, a Tony level, yeah. like for yeah. America. Sure, um, I can do that. I could, I could, I could potentially like send that thought full, you know, full mm-hmm. send. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. again, wild career. Um, Absolutely huge, very get. cool, huge get. Yeah. And I remember like seeing interviews where they were like all talking about like how like how much they were like stoked about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's my Avengers Ensemble, and that's all my notes. Um did you have Perfect. What what where what are we are we talking about anything else today there, Colin? Uh so I will I will say I I I I thought about this for a while. I wasn't really one hundred percent sure on like how much I really wanted to get into it. Um but I think I think the one thing that I really want to touch on here is um, how important it was, I think, to sort of restructure uh, Shang-Chi for modern days and like mm-hmm. correct representation and stuff like that. Because uh, in the comics, uh, Shu Wenwu is not his father. Right. It's he has yeah. another father. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, I, the thing is like what I, I've been really kind of thinking about, like, how far do I want to get into that? And to be honest with you, the answer is not very. And that's not because of a um, a like fear of anything necessarily. Right. Like my my stance is that like the old writings and some of the uh, tone deaf uh, responses and like writing for this character has been pretty rough uh, over yeah, the years. For sure. Uh, and it is a matter of, again, like a bunch of white guys who are just sitting there going, this is fine. Yeah. Surely this is all right. Um, and it's, it's not uh, truthfully. Uh, so like, it's been very, it was very nice. Like, cause you know, I remember when they first announced, I was like, that's dope. And I remember looking up more information and then sometimes being like, okay, hopefully there's going to be some changes. I'm sure there will be God. Yeah. I hope there will be. Um, right. And this was a great example of it because this is a character that is now like the the sort of the the, the leader of and and uh, you know starter of the Ten Rings, um, done in a much less uh, inappropriate way. I think right. it's probably just the best way to 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 say that. Um, yeah. So that was kind of like that was I, I had like a bunch of notes, but like a, a lot of my notes uh, for this segment were just like a lot of question marks going. <laughs> How far do I want to get into this? Like, right. is that appropriate? Oh, do I want to get into this? The one thing I want to do before we leave, uh, I know this is going to be kind of a longer episode, but again, it's the introduction to right. a new movie and a new exactly. series, right? Exactly. Um, so I want to talk to you really quickly about the Ten Rings itself. Yeah. Uh, because this, this is the organization one of the f- or the rings, the items, the rings, okay. the rings, uh, because. Um, the rings are extremely different in the movie mm-hmm. than they are from the comic books. Right. Now, and and Wenwu is, we're going to, I don't know if we want to get into this, but this is going, if you're looking for who has the rings in the comic books, you're going to be looking for the Mandarin. Yes. And uh, again, I don't want to, uh, it's tough right, because exactly. we haven't really gotten to that character yet, but um this is going to be a moment where we're going to essentially have to tease a character 
and come back to it later. And then um, come back to it even later. Even like, later, yeah. <laughs> with even more. It, it, but here's the thing. Like, that's what's kind of cool, right? It's like that both this show and the movies even, especially like with this movie, it gives a lot more context to yes. other stuff. Yes. Uh, and it's really kind of cool to see how they uh, actually, it, it ends up making those former moments that you're kind of like, ooh, kind of weird that they did that. Then ends up kind of like, I mean, I think a little bit of, is is kind of course correcting, um, for lack of a better term. Uh, but it also kind of ends up making it cool because it kind of makes it seem as though they are actually taking the time to truly call it out, uh, not just within the movies, really, but within the comics as well, um, you yeah. know, by by taking this moment. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the Ten Rings were a powerful signature weapon of a character known as the Mandarin, right. um, who was kind of mostly an Iron Man um, villain, but has also yeah. obviously fought uh, many people throughout his time. So uh, the rings themselves were introduced in a uh, little series called Tales of Suspense, number yeah. 50, in November of 1963. Yeah. Um, so uh, these are a very strong uh, weapon truly right in mm -hmm. fact at the top of the um, marvel wiki for the rings themselves uh, there's a quote from the mandarin that says these are priceless unearthly alien artifacts and that's all you can muster um you are one of the very few men that have ever seen them without dying their next human instant relish oh. it <laughs> which is such a good line like, yeah Straight up, one of the best villain lines I think I've ever heard. Like that's so good. Like <laughs> you should like, be dead now. <laughs> all right. So I cannot believe that you're just kind of like sitting there, like, huh, interesting. Like fucking take this moment in, you know, soak it up. Exactly. Um, so these ten cylinders um, were pieces of technology um, from another, uh, you know, civilization. Which again, we're not going to fully get into because we're not dealing necessarily with the comics here. I mean, we are, but we're we're just trying to show the difference, right? Right. Each contained the soul of a long-dead legendary cosmic warrior trapped in a phantasmal state limited by their respective device. Each of the artifacts additionally possessed a quarantined AI for when the rings were separated from their wielders. Uh, they found their way uh, to Earth, sorry, aboard the starship of an explorer uh, who retreated to a cave in China. Um, the This sort of kind of goes on. This is where the Mandarin found them. Um, and so the rings all had different uh, abilities. And the thing is, I believe the main reason that they changed this was because they are kind of akin to the Infinity Stones. A little bit. So you have the Matter Rearranger Ring, which is the Remaker, right, worn on the right thumb. This ring allows the user to manipulate the atomic and molecular structure of matter. However, it cannot transmute elements or affect objects encased in force or energy fields. Um, frequently used to make poison gas, solidifying gas, rearrange a costume or, you know, alter an appearance, which is very cool. I'm feeling I more like the rearrange costume. Yeah. <sighs> then there we go. Yep. There's the impact beam, which is, uh, also known as influence worn in the right, worn and worn on the right index finger. This allows the user to generate and project various beams of concussive force. So like a force blast, like electron beam, neutron beam, whichever you want to call it, like a concussive blast, right? Uh, and a sonic beam, a wave of high intensity sound. Uh, there's the vortex beam uh, spin, which is the middle ring finger uh, on the right hand. The ring causes the air to move about at a high speed in a vortex. 
disintegration beam uh, spectral. This is kind of similar to like the power ring in a way. Uh, this ring allows the Mandarin to, uh, sorry, the user, sorry, to project a beam of energy capable of destroying the bonds between the atoms and mo uh, molecules, causing inanimate objects to disintegrate. Though this is an interesting fact for you. The ring must charge for 20 minutes after each use. Um, I love and that, that is part. called nerfing everyone yep, that is a... that is absolutely a nerf uh, and that was very clearly something where they're like you know he could just use that all the time they're like Shh, no he can't because it has to recharge Ooh, there we go the inanimate now, objects thing is also something uh that i was talking to you about molecule man right where it was like mm -hmm. yes how yeah <laughs> Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I don't think we talked about it on air, right? It was well, yeah, all, it was just a comic thing, yeah. Um, but it was so yeah. funny because you're like, how did he not just immediately kill them? And I was like, can he only do inanimate objects like, or like inorganic material? Inorganic, yeah. And you looked up and you're like, wow. You're like, yep, that's exactly it. Was like it. Next like, panel. <laughs> yeah, it was the next panel. Because if they didn't do that, like he would have just like instantly, there goes the Marvel Universe. Okay, goodbye. He's Thanks like, for I'll, reading. I'll trap you in a, in a, chain globe i'm like just and everyone's like shoot just him kill just him yeah <laughs> i will say the amount of times though that villains do something where you're like the this this guy will die with one bullet just shoot him and they don't it's fascinating i was reading a i'm sorry i was reading one real quick where he was like i could kill you but i'm going to toy with you for old time's sake i was like shocker dude oh <laughs> uh, yeah villains dude villains okay <laughs> This is gonna. I might have to cut this, but villains in Marvel comics are a lot like the Democrats of the U.S. They mm. fucking love to lose. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, the Black Light Ring, also known as Nightbringer, uh, which is worn on the right little finger, pinky finger. Um, this one's really cool because again, this has a tie into stuff we've discussed. It has uh, the ability to create an area of darkness using dark force energy. Mm. Um, the white light ring worn on the left thumb uh, allows the user to generate and manipulate various forms of electromagnetic energy. Um, so we've, and that's also, I guess, a little bit of power. We've seen some reality stone power. We've seen some some power stone power. Mm -hmm. um, that's a weird thing to say out loud. Um, <laughs> there's the flame blast ring, which is incandescent left index finger. I think we all know what that probably does. Right. Uh, Mento intensifier ring or the liar. It allows psionic energies uh, to be, you know, put out and mentally manipulate the thoughts and actions of others. Did you skip, also kind of reality? Did you skip electroblast? No, I. What? No, I didn't. There skip was electro. No, that's, that's the next one. Oh no, wow. that, that's the next next one. So There's it has, lightning. It has mental um, intensifiers on the middle finger. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Get to the end. Yeah. I have I have a card here from Marvel Cards that has it on the oh, has it finger. A different finger. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so Sorry. yeah, um, this yeah maybe this is the most recent version. I don't know. Yeah, this is from 1991, um, so it's I'm sure they've updated it. <laughs> yeah, and it's also you know what though the order that you were saying was the order that I initially read them in, but once you like for who they went to, but mm -hmm. once it's on the hands, like if if someone has all ten. This is the order there, and which is very interesting. It's it's a little different. Um, then on the left, wait, this is this is flipped. Actually, you're right. The Mento intensifier actually sh they they just flip these on accident. This is the left ring finger. Okay. An electro blast is the left middle. I don't know why they flip those on here. Um, it allows the user to project a blast of electrical energy, and then of course ice blast ring. Uh, or zero, which is makes sense. Zero temperature, yeah. right? Um, right? The little finger, uh, and I think once again we all 
can figure out what that one is. So there's yeah. a lot of like uh infinity stone stuff and then also the elements it's like kind of like 50 50 it's between like the infinity two. infinity gauntlet on one hand captain planet on the other a little bit actually that's that's <laughs> honestly pretty close so the main difference though here are that uh in that right obviously all those powers all very very different compared to the movie um which is the ten rings are a set of ten hung gar uh which i you know, hard yeah. to say, yeah. but the iron rings of an unknown ancient origin that provide the user a series of mystical powers. Right. They were used, uh, sorry, they were acquired by uh, Shu Wenwu during the Middle Ages, which granted him absolute power and provided the name and symbol for his army known as the Ten Rings. Right. Um, which is cool because the depiction of the Ten Rings uh, started with Iron Man and Iron Man 3 and even Ant-Man. Um, but the first time we actually saw the true rings was in Shang-Chi. Yep. Um, so that's a kind of a cool little, uh, thing. And actually they were, uh, depicted and described in a, uh, flashback in Daredevil as cool as well. I forgot about that. Um, uh -huh. and so anyway, so the, the main thing, the main difference out here is just the way that they battle and the way of the power are used. Um, right. the rings grant their users enhanced strength and longevity uh, the ability to emit concussive energy blasts and can be telepathically controlled as projectiles or even platforms to help their users move through the air. So there are still a little bit of similarities, right? And like sure. the concussive blast and, you know, a little bit of like a power strike kind of thing, but um, they are more of like an extension of the body. Yeah. It's kind of the main difference here versus like, here are all these different elements that you can control and all these other things, you know, basically you have this energy field that can be created through the rings connecting, you know, through a field of energy rather. Right. And then the rings can even be used essentially like as a whip or, um, which I guess is really just kind of like I was saying, an extension of the body. Right. Um, and, uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes into it, but that would be getting ahead of ourselves, I think, yep. for their story. So that's yep. where I'm going to leave it at. Um, a lengthy episode, but a lot of new things to learn about and hear about. Um, so, James, why don't we go into the music of 996? No, I'm okay. Kidding. So in the in the monasteries of... Oh, we're not doing that? Okay, I'll cut that. Hold on. Um, Here's the thing. If you genuinely have a song for 996, I would it would blow my mind. <laughs> Uh, I just want to show you my my Marvel series two Mandarin's Rings, um, mint condition card mm, with the, that is very cool. On the back, it has all the things you read and yeah. a picture of each of them. That is cool. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty proud of that. I was like, wait a minute, don't I have? And I do. That is a uh, tw uh, thirty year old card right there. That is depressing. You, you, hey, James, can I make you feel worse about it? Yeah. You got that card the same year I was born. Yeah. That, isn't that isn't that fun? <laughs> isn't that nice, James, as he steps into traffic? Um, <laughs> well, anyway, we've been here for far too long, I think. So, James, uh, before yeah. we're here for thousands of years, why don't yeah. we go ahead and get into the social media? All right. Well, uh, we do have some social media, and it is as follows. We have a Twitter handle uh, for the show, uh, which is at TimelineScav. Um, but if you wanted to talk to or at or even about our podcast network, Scavengers Network, you can uh, find them and on Twitter at ScavengersNet. You can find me on Twitter at UnabashedJames. But Colin, your Twitter handle isn't UnabashedJames. What is it? Uh, that's correct. Mine is actually Colin M. Parker. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, one other uh, 
One other Twitter handle you might want to know is uh, Nick Bermald. He composed the intro and outro music for this show. That's right. Uh, we didn't steal that music. We uh, asked for it, and it was given to us. Um, and it, it feels like a blessing every day that we have such cool music uh, that uh, Nick Bermald wrote. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at N Bermald, and that is B-R-A-M-A-L-D. Um, or you can find him at his website, nickbermaldcomposer.co.uk. That was a journey. I feel mm-hmm. like I've been, I feel like I'm that guy at the beginning uh, when Shu uh, Wenwu was like, hey, I have a horse and these rings. And the guy's like, why am I in the front in the center? <laughs> why is the camera five inches away from me? Oh, God. Any, That's does good. anyone want to trade? Anyone want to trade spaces? No? Oops, oh, oh, he's I charging. I left my oven okay. on. I left my oven on. I got to go check it. I'll be right back. <laughs> and that man's name was uh, Reginald Crastinator, and he was the first professional Crastinator. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, So that is going to do it for uh, this episode of Timeline Scavengers, the first episode about Shang-Chi, which was on point and on tangential. (laughs) Uh, Please join us uh, very soon for some more Shang-Chi, which we'll be sort of slipping into various points of the Timeline Scavengers. And you can listen to all of the other episodes of the Timeline Scavengers if you are new here, and this seems like just something in your timeline. Um, listen, keep on listening, because we're, we're going to go some wild places. Uh, but for for now and forever, I am James Anderson. And I'm Colin Parker. Jingyi Cho Ching. There we go. That's Excelsior in Mandarin. Are you a fan of Boy Meets World? Do you enjoy rewatch podcasts? Well, then you should check out The Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast hosted by me, Tay. And me, Sid. It's my favorite show of all time. And I've never seen it. Each week, we're recapping a new episode of Boy Meets World, sharing bits of nostalgia and learning a wholesome lesson. Join us on our rewatch journey, won't you? School's in session every Tuesday, wherever you find your podcasts. What else do you need to know? The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.